Welcome, baseball fans. It is time for the Running the Bases podcast, first of 2018. I'm Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Hey, how was your holidays? It was real nice. It's all about the kids. And I gave my grandson his first Wilson A2000. Uh, was he appreciative? Did he realize what he what he just received? I think he knew it was coming, so... <laughs> so no. It, well, he was like, all right, now let's see what else am I getting. Right. His expectations were 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 already met. Um we are all we are in the dead of winter, but pitchers and catchers reporting is on the horizon. Uh still in the midst of the hot stove season, Hall of Fame coming up. But today we are gonna do our own running the bases top twenty moments in major league baseball history. Um I don't know how you set up your list. I kind of I went in order one through twenty, uh, but it could be in no particular order. I don't know. You'll have yours. I'll have mine, and we'll debate about it. this. Is may take uh, two parts, so we'll see. Um, All right now, I'm looking at this as the most significant events. Most significant events. events. I mean, this this may be an MVP type of uh, semantics. Uh, argument in itself uh i mean is it the most valuable player or is it the best player uh i mean and certainly not all of mine are positive i mean they but to me they're the most significant events that have brought us the great game that we have today yes absolutely i've i've fashioned mine in the similar i i put mine together in similar fashion i have several events that are very uh dark or uh sure. tragic and so on and so forth but they are incredibly significant and have forever altered and shaped the history of major league baseball uh let's jump right in do you want to go sure I, i'll start right. from the top and work our way down yeah i and i for me uh jackie robinson 1947 uh the international social significance of that uh transcends baseball you have that number one. Yes. I do not. Okay. <laughs> I have the 1975 World Series. That got my top pick. Now, I could easily have Jackie Robinson at number one. He's he's actually number five on my, <laughs> on my list. I don't know what that says about me and social commentary. But the 1975 World Series was an all-timer for anyone. Uh, the dynasty that almost wasn't in the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, the Red Sox winning the series three games to four. In uh, that moment that it put baseball back on the map as just the national pastime, like it seemed like the common rooting interest had been waning. And this is. It did for me. It was at a time where probably in my life or my conscious life, uh, or at least since 1960, uh, right. it was the. Uh, the period in my life that I cared the least about baseball. Right. Uh, the All of the Vietnam protests and all that stuff it may, had made baseball seem somewhat insignificant for a while. Right. And to be fair, I mean, I, I almost wanted to just do this list in no particular order. But well, I, 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 I do think... look at that as the, in the, within the just the history of the game. I, you know. Well, I... I for me, it was as significant as anything. Right. It's not on my list. Uh, I not thought at about all. It. no, I thought about <laughs> it, uh, but I mean that's it, and it because I and I also don't know how much that it was high on my preferential thing because of what it did for me. I do think it changed. Uh, it helped influence 
uh, baseball, as did McGuire and Sosa's chase of, uh, you know, uh, of whoever. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I I don't have that on my list either. Which I do. <laughs> okay. But we'll get to that. Okay. So, and, and, you know, Jackie, in 47, you know, I... I I think what's interesting to me about that in the in the in the negative sense is how it was the death of the Negro Leagues, you know, which had its own significant culture it around wasn't it. It wasn't the death; it was the toll, the beginning of the end. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, but to a man, they all were in favor of it. I oh, mean, right. And yeah, uh, I can't. The uh, you look at the next few years. Uh, by the way, who was the last player to play who was a member of the Negro Leagues to to then transition to the major leagues? Yes. Uh, Last player to play in the major leagues who was in the Negro Leagues. Formerly of the Negro Leagues. Yes. Uh, I feel like the answer is going to surprise me. and I'm. Well, should we just uh, let our viewers tell us? (laughs) (laughs) Right. All five of them, (laughs) whoever chimes in. I'm going to say Satchel Paige. Uh, No, it was Minnie Minosa. Oh, all right. Who played Uh, for... White Sox primarily played a little for the Indians. Yeah. Um, uh, also with Jackie Robinson uh, for your number one there, the great what if. That seems like one of the first asterisk uh, conversations that if uh, uh, black players were playing in the time of Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth would not have the same numbers. So since we like to debate, you know, asterisks and what ifs, uh, that's, a, that's my, synonymous Jackie, with baseball. So Jackie Robinson is first on my list because for all practical purposes, it started the – uh, civil rights movement. Yeah, I mean, uh, there you go, and kind of you know in, influence people like Gandhi. Uh, right, <laughs> that's significant. Yeah, very significant. All right, moving on. Number two um, is somewhat apocryphal, and I think it's appropriate that uh, baseball has in its most significant uh, events or times or periods or whatever uh, something that is apocryphal. Um, the, uh, I think, uh, Candy Cummings discovering the, the curveball would be my number two. That makes the game. Prior to that, pitchers are instructed to throw it at a particular place, uh, so batters can hit it, uh, as easily as they wish. Uh, with the defense suddenly becoming aggressive, trying to get the other people out that changes the whole game it is no longer cricket uh right yeah. and so uh now the, the whole story is that uh when the boston excelsiors get ned uh nat hicks a catcher who will catch right behind the batter uh and, you know in those days the catchers were 12 to 15 feet behind the plate and uh but if the pitcher was right behind the batter, he could he could throw his curveball. Uh, a couple of the things that make me think that this is apocryphal is number one, it supposedly happened in 1867, uh, and <laughs> no. I don't know how accurate anything from 1867 uh, right. that happened on a ball field is. Candy Cummings later went on to be the head of the International Association of Profe- Professional Baseball Players and had a lot of powerful people that would have been in his court that probably uh, found it fortunate that he invented the curveball. But at any rate, that would be my number two. I don't, you know, if we don't have the curveball, we don't have the game. Well, it's interesting. I tried to think of moments like that. I've got a few, you know, just revolutionary. I mean, you could go, you could say, 
you know, at different points, how they wound the ball or like oh, sure, how the sure. uniform, when they first went to polyester uniforms or something like that. Well, there, there was uh, Al Spalding, I think it was, tried to introduce. Yeah. Uh, there was like a uniform for each position. Right. Yeah. You know, that was <laughs> yeah stripes and dots and all sorts of things. That could be interesting. Right. And, it, you know, that's selling that's selling merchandise, which is still a big part of it today. Look at all the all-star game stuff and the, you know, player na- nicknamed Jersey Weekend. That's all just camo. Some, yeah. Uh, my number two is the 1903 World Series. I mean, I, I, I couldn't be more vanilla in saying that, but it's the first World Series. Legitimizes the American League. Um, creates the Fall Classic. Uh, what well, else do I have to say? I, I, um, I, I think it's it's a solid choice. Is that on your list somewhere? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried that I I picked too many seminal World Series that I didn't that I. But it's hard. It's hard to ignore it because. Well, they see, usher I, in so many the first night right, games, things like right. that. Well, I I have the first night game that's on my list, but yeah. All right, my number three is the Braves move to Milwaukee in 1953. Would never have thought of this. Uh, it leads the Western movement. It makes, oh, there uh, you go. I mean, nobody re- in Boston really cared that, uh, you know, the Braves were leaving. They were just as poor uh, a franchise as there was in baseball. It helped the Red Sox. That they, you know, so it was, nobody really cared. Uh, however, they were such a success in Milwaukee that uh, the little boroughs of Brooklyn and uh, the Poli- yeah, uh, they were like, hmm, uh, and yeah. that, uh, and it's you know five years later that they are in California. I did, and that makes yeah. prior to this, you know, St. Louis is far west as we've gone. That's uh, yeah. you know, uh, it, it made baseball kind of for the whole United States, right? And then shortly thereafter, now we're traveling on trains as right. opposed to or, or uh, planes, or planes, planes. Yes. Yeah, right, right. It, it was all train and bus until that moment. And you know, it's I did have. The Dodgers and Giants going west as a as an honorable mention because of what you just said, uh, but also it broke up the New York monopoly on baseball. Yeah, imagine. I mean, it was New York would have just owned baseball for decades. The the, the creation of the West Coast and the West Coast rivalries. So I did have. I thought about putting that in the top 20. My number three is the Black Sox. Okay, which is on my list. And, and sure. coming up, uh, I think I have it number seven, which is so relative. You know, all of these yeah, things are, are so relative. relative. Uh, yeah. The um, Be more interested in what you left off, because uh, I'm really surprised you left off 75. But something just about the Black Sox of 1919, that's like your seminal dark side of baseball moment. The legend of Shoeless Joe, and I think it legitimized the commissioner in full. Oh, uh, yeah, we yeah. have Judge Kennesaw Landis become the commissioner, which keeps blacks out of baseball until 1947. Uh, uh, right. Again, uh, yep. uh, the uh, the domino effect. Yes, uh, it and changed a lot of things. Uh, the uh, all right, we ready to go on? Yep, on to number four. Uh, my number four is the. Reserve clause becoming official in 1879. Yeah, I don't have that. I do have the Kurt Flood. Well, I, I have Kurt. Fl- I have Kurt Flood on. Are you including well. it in this? No, this? no, I okay. have it because uh, it happened a little bit later, like 90 years later. Uh, <laughs> Kurt Flood. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, um, and the reserve clause states 
that a player is bound to his team. Yep. The team has you know uh, slavery rights to him for as long as he's a ball yeah. player. Indentured servitude. Yeah, uh, <laughs> slavery's a little little dramatic, perhaps, but not not too far off. Well, uh, Walter Johnson wrote an article, uh, and I forget for a reputable magazine. I, I don't. I think it might have been the Sporting News, but uh, the uh, that, talking about the slavery of baseball, a, a very eloquent uh, article. Yeah, um, my uh, my my number four. Also, I'm I'm already seeing how I, I I was too much chalk. 1920, the Babe Ruth sale. This that season, the you know the live ball era uh, begins. Um, his 60 home runs. Um, or I'm sorry, no, no, he, he, that was 27. 27. But um, it ushered in the roaring 20s of baseball, and the Yankees are now the Yankees. Uh, that creates, you know, the team, the international team. And Ruth makes baseball a world game owned by the USA at that moment in time because he's the the first, like, international celebrity athlete. I, I too, have that on my list. Uh, it's number eight uh, in, in kind of a grouping there with the Black Sox, something else. Uh, Babe Ruth, uh, you don't have any list that has the word significant and baseball in it without having Babe Ruth in there. Uh, his sale to the Yankees, who knows? Maybe the Red Sox would have uh, continued to pitch him. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, uh, the, uh, and, but there's been nobody like Babe Ruth in sports in the United States ever. No. Uh, and you can make arguments for Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods for a minute. Muhammad Ali, but they're all run a distant second. And yeah, a, a real distant second. There were, I mean, the only other sports at the time were boxing uh, and <laughs> horse racing. Uh, <laughs> they know. played soccer in a lot of places. Too. Well, no, in the United States, I mean, football was yeah. starting and basketball was starting and hockey was starting, but. But not even, and, and, I mean, basketball, you're going way after Babe Ruth even they, retired they were, uh, oh, the I, NBA I, in 47. Oh, the NBA, but they were playing. But uh, at any rate, uh, they're. It was I, interesting how many Yankees moments I could have put on my list as well, and it's almost sickening. But well, do you think that's because that's what's you know been given to us all these years? That's a very uh, good point. I mean, yeah. uh, as a child, uh, the game of the week was always the Yankees, and there was right. only one game of the week. Right, and it's, you know, it's New York. I mean, yeah. come on. All right, number five. Uh, number five was the first televised game, 1938, you know, Brooklyn versus the Reds, uh, having Red Barber do all of this, uh, announcing without a teleprompter and, uh, just one camera. Uh, but we certainly know that, uh, television has helped baseball's development. Uh, certainly. Um, my number five was Jackie Robinson, which we discussed. Okay. So on to uh, number did six. Did you have the first televised game? I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I, I didn't, I didn't make a, uh, enough technological advancements, okay. uh, which again, yeah. I mean, the first night game, the first, uh, I mean this week in baseball, I don't know. It, yeah. It, that, I mean, that was a big deal. Right. Uh, the game of the week, even now, I mean, you could say the, uh, ESPN, I mean, ESPN's Oh, regular coverage of baseball is what gave us King Griffey Jr. Like cable and baseball right. were, were a perfect I, I fit. Don't, and I don't have 
uh, WGN or uh, the Superstation. I right. don't have those on my list. And you could say KMOX out of St. Louis. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, all right, number six. Number six, Carl Mays beans uh, Ray Chapman in 1920. I do have this. Uh, it comes a little later on mine. It's down number 11. But, yeah, and, and the reasons why. it uh, Prior to Carl Mays hitting Ray Chapman, the ball was continued. I mean, it could be lumped. It could be uh, – it could be a square. Sack, yeah, uh, a sack it could, of dirt. Yeah. Right, and uh, it was – expected that the pitcher would scuff it up and spit on it and uh, pull at the laces and really rough the ball up. That was expected. Uh, the people, they don't even know what a batting helmet is. And uh, <laughs> the ball, I mean, it's a, a day game that's in the gloaming and Carl Mays throws one a little bit too high and inside that Chapman never sees and it kills him. Uh, and right. after this... Uh, they start uh, using new balls, throwing balls out all the time. Uh, the uh, the ball is uh, then wound tighter. Uh, it um, and subs and you all emery balls and uh, spit balls and everything is outlawed. It becomes we go from an era of the starting pitcher where all of your great heroes in the game were. Uh, everybody from Rube Waddell to Walter Johnson to Christy Madison, Pete Alexander, these were the big stars. And Babe is, Ruth for a hot minute. Oh, right. And then, <laughs> Red Sox paper. And then it changes immediately. Uh, I, I have these three together, the Black Sox scandal, Carl Mays uh, hitting Ray Chapman, and the Red Sox selling Babe Ruth. It was That is a period that kind of put baseball uh, as the national pastime. Yeah, the Roaring Twenties. I mean, that's, right. you know, in, in Ken Burns' uh, phenomenal documentary series, I think that's, you know, you could you could do a, a multi-part series just on baseball in the 20s. Um, my number six moment, though, is the 94 strike. I have that on my list. Yeah, uh, I put this one up high for, uh, for, for a particular reason, you know, selfishly, because it, it, it marred my childhood. It was such a... I stopped following baseball as closely. I mean, it it always bugs me that that was, it was on the the, the heels of the the strike that the Braves finally won their title. But it was uh, such a watershed moment about baseball is a business. You know, it's no longer a national pastime that has the fans in mind first. And the fact that the World Series was canceled seems incredibly significant since it had only happened one other time uh, in the world history of the World Series to that point. Um. And I just, you know, what happened in the immediate wake, we'll get to, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, the 94 strike, I think, is incredibly significant. Oh, I do too. Uh, I, it's 15th on my list. But again, this arbitrary grouping. I'm surprised I, you didn't have it higher. The, uh, it, was, it was disgusting. Uh, it was, I mean, you're right. It is. Baseball has always been a fight between uh, labor and management uh, from the very beginning, from uh, the days of the Federal League and the Players League and all of these sort of things. Uh, and this was kind of a culmination of that point. Uh, it was, uh, it's amazing how strong the players' union is uh, the compared to other sports and things. Uh, but um, it was an ugly time. Just an ugly time, and I, I don't like to remember it. But uh, I don't. 
since then, it seems uh, that the business of baseball, there's so much money that now uh, that's just part of a, a very ugly past, and I hope it remains such. Yeah. All right, number seven. I already did seven. That was a Black Sox scandal. Okay, right. And you've got your next few grouped in. Uh, um, six, seven, and eight, we've already done. I've, well, my number seven is the shot heard around the world. Okay. Bobby Thompson in 1954. It's an iconic 51. moment. Or, okay, 51, that's right. Um, the uh, Sorry. I, I was uh, No, you're right, because I was confused. I was, in my mind, I'm still picturing Willie Mays, and yeah. I, I, I was trying to, I, I, I wrongly think that that's, on the heels of the shot heard around the world. But yes, 1951 still, the point remains, it's an iconic moment on top of pretty much all iconic moments just in a in a snapshot, um, you could argue. Um, the fact that it was Giants-Dodgers, uh, a rivalry game division you know, series, a three-game playoff, and that uh, years later to discover that the fix was in. Uh, <laughs> that it was, it, we they knew what was coming. Well, so we believe. Uh, the uh, I think it is a significant moment and, and thought about it a lot. But my problem with this, this was the Giants and the Dodgers. And this was essentially New York. And the shot heard around the world, well, it was, it was heard all around New York. But I'm not certain <laughs> that St. Louis cared that much, you know. Right. Uh, I'm not certain uh, that the Braves, who were in the pennant uh, you know, run that year. I mean, I, I, it's too much of baseball to me is, uh, I don't want to say, uh, seems regional, right? Uh, yeah. Baseball is everywhere, you know, and uh, this was like one game for, you know, a big comeback, you know, I don't know. Somebody in St. Louis putting together a list like this is going to say the 2011 World Series. Okay. I mean, I get that. And right. I and I tried to be mindful of that. Like, I don't have the 67 series with the Impossible Dream. You know, I don't have the 86 World I don't Series. Have, I don't have the Mets. Yeah, the 86. I, I, yeah, 69. Yep, yep. I don't, yeah. there's... You know, a lot of dynasty eras that I didn't. I don't even have a single dynasty on here. I have mention of the Reds, but yeah. So, um, all right, you've done your number eight. My so my 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 seven and eight are very close. The my number eight is the nineteen sixty World Series with the Maz walk off. Uh, the nature of that game seven, this the run the lopsided run differential, uh, the mighty Yankees uh, top. A lot of great baseball poetry there. Um, and I think that anybody who who digs into baseball for the first time in their life or at any point in their life, 1960 will be found. You know, the visibility of some of these moments is was a big factor for me. Well, I remember the World Series, that World Series. I remember hurrying home to watch it. Yeah. Number nine. Uh, what's your number nine? Uh, the first night game, May of 1935. Okay, I am. Um, but let, let me say that uh, in reference, the old Negro leagues, the Kansas City Monarchs used to carry around portable lighting with them, so they could go into towns and uh, make ballparks that were not uh, lit be able to play night games. I mean, uh, the, this is the first major league night game, right? Do you feel like this could be a double-edged sword? We've talked about how the advent of the night game ruined the the magistry of the like the day game World Series. Oh, no, I don't think the night game ruined anything. It made it, I I would, I don't think if I 
If I grew up never watching whole games because I was at school or working or doing whatever, uh, I don't know that I would be the fan that I am. I think night baseball has made Good it point. more accessible to all of us. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, bemoan the fact that there are kids that just never get to see a whole World Series game. Yeah, and it, the, the pendulum has swung a little too far over to the advertising uh, dollars that came about because of night games. But on on the flip side of that, I don't think I would have allowed my son not to stay up all night to there watch the game. There you go. You're you're hardcore, man. You're an OG. Um, I put the Maris Mantle home run race of 1961 as my number nine. Um, creates a different kind of baseball fan. I think you'll attest to this, that you were not a Yankees fan, but that home run race captivated the entire country. So people were paying attention in a casual way to just, hey, who did they get one today? Did Maris or Mantle hit one? Or is this too New York-centric? No, I lived in Greensboro at the time and used to cut out clippings from the newspaper there you go. Uh, with when one of them would hit a home run, particularly Maris. I was pulling more for Maris than I was for Mantle. Yeah. And went and saw him in a barnstorming uh, home run hitting contest uh, in Greensboro the, <laughs> the very next offseason. And he was with Jim Gentile, Harmon Killebrew. And I think that was it. Yeah, it was just a three. And then there was a, some local guy that was on the local farm team that was with them. But A weekend warrior guy? Uh, interesting. I mean, the line for autographs for Roger Maris uh, went around the field twice. Then there were just like little groups around Jim Gentile and Harmon Killebrew, who goes on to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I mean, and he's, you know, they're just sitting there throwing balls and talking to everybody. When I got to Maris, he just looked frazzled. I mean, you know, this is right. when his hair was coming out and all this stuff. He just, uh, it was just signing things real quick and moved on. Yeah. Um, I think uh, you tore his jersey or something. No, I, I pull. I wanted him to, to sign something else, and then people whisked me away. Then I read in sport magazine about that where he said we we're barnstorming and somebody was like trying to tear my clothes off you know that was you <laughs> but that was you i don't know well uh, is, is so is maris mantle home run on your list on did no it, it didn't no. crack your 20 man it's crazy i don't I, I feel like i don't even know you anymore um all right number 10 well it, it was significant to me it was you know right, it would be I, but i'm saying mine are the most significant in baseball history well here to I, me mantle and maris was a very significant thing but it i'm i think it deserves top 20 recognition because there's so much that gets compared to that year you know okay well Any, tell me it, when you think one of mine should come off all right all right all right i will all right I number will. 10 uh marvin miller becomes head of the player association in 1966 marvin That's, miller okay uh that Changed baseball. And I have my next one being uh, 69, uh, Kurt Flood refuses the trade. Uh, you said you had that on your list. But I have the two of them kind of grouped together. Sure. That's uh, why we had the 94 strike. It's also uh, what's preventing us from having more strikes. Right. Well, uh, my uh, Flood versus Kuhn in the uh, – in the uh, I think he made it all the way to the Supreme Court. Yes, it I did. Believe. Yeah, right. Yeah, so the whole – that that – the uh, – the uh, the ten five rule, um, the Kurt Flood rule, players no longer being owned. I, that's my number twelve. Okay, well, so, yeah, I mean we're so we're, we're in the same we're, ballpark. Yeah, the, uh, I mean I have those two together. Um, all right, but my number ten, okay, which is different, is Aaron's seven fifteen. Okay, I feel like I'm giving too much props to things that happened in your specific <laughs> yeah field of I, vision. I was there, you yeah, were there, yeah. But I mean, you know, to, to quote 
Vin Scully, a, a black man in the South, taking the record from a from the great white elephant of, you know, sports and culture. The significance of that really can't be undersold. You know, the death threats, what he lived oh, through to do it, and what and and you know, selfishly how he he was the legitimizing factor for a otherwise a horribly run organization in Atlanta until the you know, 90s. I, I've said this before, and I don't have any way to prove it, but I think I, I have seen uh, at least 100 of Aaron's home runs live. Yeah, which and, that's, that is significant. You can, you can, I, I don't have anything to, I mean... You can maybe, win the cocktail party with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, as soon as I can prove it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you don't need to do that in this era. Um Okay, uh, you had 10 and 11 grouped together. My number 11 for the record was the Chapman getting beamed in the head, okay. dead. Uh, and then my 12 was uh, Kurt Flood. So you, number 12 from uh, you. Bowman baseball cards, uh, 1948. Okay, I I wanted to put baseball cards in the 20, and I should have. It, mm-hmm. it got an honorable mention. I'll tell you which one. But why Bowman in 48? Well, uh, baseball cards prior to the war had been packaged to sell products. They were put in tobacco pouches and in gum pouches to sell the product. Right. After the war, 19, uh, the Bowman series comes out in 1948. And there, were, there was goodies you know, in the 30s, and it was selling goodies, headache powder, uh, you know, stuff. But in Bowman cards, were specific, you were buying specifically for the cards. Sometimes there was gum involved. Uh, right. The, there was uh, gum involved until, I think, the uh, mid-'90s. But... Uh, Tops then comes around in 51, which, you know, uh, just takes, is still the king. I mean, with a thousand card companies out there now, Tops is still, you know, the one. Uh, but Bowman, uh, Tops doesn't come around if they don't see the success that Bowman cards had in 48. Now, the importance of baseball cards to baseball, to me, uh, and maybe that is a personal thing, uh, you know, uh, but there are a lot of kids that grew up. Uh, looking at reading the back of baseball cards, and that's how they got. That was their computer in those days. That right. was their their reference source, and it was how a lot of kids grew up knowing things about baseball. Right. I you can you can draw so many things off of the the advent of of baseball cards and and, and how it creates the memorabilia industry. Right. And I yeah. that's certainly a part of the game. Oh, certainly. And. To that, mine was the 1909 uh, Honus Wagner card boycotting uh, the Piedmont baseball cards because that created the Holy Grail. You know, now that's right. that's in hindsight. You know, Bowman, yeah, that's more of the actual moment. But uh, what the what it meant, you know, the seeds that were planted to the future in the in the moment that Honus Wagner, you know, pulled his face off of Piedmont. Piedmont uh, cigarette cards. Um, it changed the game. Well, <laughs> it created the. It is the holy know, grail. So uh, I I wonder when it became such. Uh, I mean, there's a great thirty for thirty short on on it, and it was. Uh, I think it was like '60s or '70s when the 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 first like PSA grading and the rarity of certain right. cards became okay. became better known. Yeah, I, I'm like Eddie Plank was another one, uh, but I know Gretzky bought one for like four hundred thousand or something like that, and they're selling for a lot more than that now. It, it was they're the cold. one. It was the 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 T two o six. That was the subject of the thirty right. for thirty. It was in mint condition, 
but actually uh, uh, the I forget the owner who was previous to Gretzky purchasing uh, took a razor to the edges. Oh. So so it actually is it's altered. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you know, to to your point about the baseball cards, um, I could say, but this would be specific to my lifetime, the advent of starting lineup of the action figures. You know, uh, when baseball uh, found the ranks of GI Joes, uh, you know, now I was, I was just fascinated by the poses, and you know, I, I wanted the Nolan Ryan because, you know, it, it, I was, I felt like I could, I could reenact him striking out Frank Thomas, and I'm looking around our our recording space here, and I see McFarlane and everything like that, but. Well, I see really all memorabilia kind of coming from cards. Yep. Yeah. Good point. All right. Moving right along. Uh, we're on to number 13. You're number 13. Uh, Ron Blomberg becoming the first DH in 1973. Yeah. For what team? Uh, for the Yankees. He become, So the Yankees, again, at a seminal moment. Well, you can say... Uh, also, the Reds at a seminal moment. Who has the first night game? Who's in the uh, the first uh, televised game? Uh, another reason, by the way, that opening season should always start. The first game of the yeah. season should always be played in Cincinnati. But uh, Blomberg was a Yankee. It's just uh, there were DHs all over. They just started the game earlier. Right. Uh, so, um, <laughs> the, uh, but he was uh, having a DH has certainly changed the game. I mean, oh, uh, yeah. The, uh, we're, I, in, we're in the advent of them, of, of exclusive DHs getting voted to the Hall of Fame. Now, and let me say, as much as I dislike it in the major league game, as a coach forever, and as a parent, as you know, I mean, as a coach, it allowed you to have 10 people playing at one time. You know, uh, right. It's uh, good. It's good in the amateur ranks. I'm, right. I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I, you know, I'm old school, man. I uh, am too. I mean, you know, they should I, have to hit. Right. Well, I shoot. I didn't always DH my pitcher. <laughs> well, <laughs> often he was batting third. <laughs> right. That's again the amateur ranks. Um, I my 13 and 14 uh, are kind of together. Um, my number 13 was World War II, <laughs> Pearl Harbor. Um, World War II, the boys go to war. Uh, most notably, uh, Ted Williams takes, what, four years out of his career, in the prime of his career, to go serve the country. Um, this is the era where we have the Women's Professional Baseball League, uh, subject of uh, League of Their Own, which is the highest grossing baseball movie of all time to this day, um, before being adjusted for uh, inflation. Um it was one of those galvanizing moments, galvanized the country to baseball in a patriotic sense, which now you look at today and patriotism within sports is a subject of debate, to put it lightly. If in dealing with World War II, I really I think I have my one honorable mention would be FDR's green light letter to uh, Kennesaw Landis, who didn't know whether to stop baseball and uh roosevelt says though that um now more than ever the country needs uh right exactly now that said he didn't change the 
the draft laws or anything. Now, a lot of people like uh, DiMaggio and whatnot were selling bonds and things as soldiers and playing a lot more baseball than they were actual soldiering. It yeah. does not belittle people like Ted Williams. The person who, though you said most notable, the most notable person was Hank Greenberg yes. uh, at the time who re-enlist uh, right after Pearl Harbor. Uh, there were a lot of other great stars. I mean, Warren Spahn misses the first five years of his life. Uh, I mean, not of his baseball life, uh, his major league life. Uh, right. I mean, and uh, Bob Feller jo- uh, joins right away. You know, and there, uh, and, and a lot of them saw serious. You know, uh, I, I know Yogi was at uh, D-Day, and uh, right. Warren yeah. Spahn was at the Battle of the Bulge. I mean, there. You know, these. Uh, and you'll never see that now, not in that same ilk. But when I think of baseball during the wartime, I think of the seeing the uh, players and uh, I think it's the senators marching with bats as though they're guns and <laughs> and Landis saying, we'll be ready. And then I see Pete Gray running, you know, uh, the Browns winning, uh, you know, it's... Right, yeah. Do the Browns, <laughs> do the St. Louis Browns win that title if it's not for the fact that some of the key players on the Cardinals are all, uh, serving their country? Um, to that effect, I mean, I mean, truly, and you talk about how it, it, it changes culture forever, that galvanizing element, uh, you know, it, 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 baseball become, is, is, is tied forever to national pride. From that moment forward, like you know, and we've debated that in two thousand. Oh, I don't. I, don't I think I think World War One did the same thing, where Christy Matheson and all those people are going over uh, the uh, Ty Cobb, maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But you know, uh, World War Two had better PR. Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah, uh, and on the heels of the Depression, and so there you go. Um, I'll go, and that plays into my number fourteen, which is nine eleven in the two thousand one World Series. Did this make your your list? No, no. I I'm surprised because I know it's recent history and 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 whatnot, but this is where baseball becomes almost jingoistic, and I, I think you know now it's almost a a, 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 a tenuous moment that we're wearing the American flag patch on the sides of our hats and on the back of the jersey and you have military appreciation day and all these things the debate of how much the military and baseball and sports in general need to be uh ingratiated with each other um but save that debate for something else um the 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 certainly the way that it, it brought the nation together that world series with the fact that the yankees were in it um w's first pitch in game three that's an iconic moment that transcends the game um you know people who have hated the yankees for forever still you know now the i i heart new york from a baseball standpoint it's the end of the yankee dynasty you know and 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 this and the legitimizing the uh the free agency uh of the uh, the diamondbacks but um and it certainly is going to stand out in my mind forever because that is in my prime young adulthood the night was tremendously emotional, and uh, it. But I just remember Piazza hitting a home run to beat us. Well, that was the first game back. I'm talking about well, that. That's yeah. That's what I'm. I thought we. I thought that was what was on your list. Well, it it's it's nine eleven in the same way that Pearl Harbor is to World War Two. It's 
what September 11th, how baseball's response, but then the 2001 World Series. So, okay. oh. I mean, because you could say, yeah, the Piazza thing, which you have a, <laughs> Braves fans have uh, a personal dislike of, but you could say um, Jack J- uh, Jack Buck uh, ushering in the first right, the his... first game, the afternoon game in St. Louis right. with his poem. Yeah. All right. Number 15. Uh, my 14. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, How rude of me. 1969, divisional play, league championship series, you know, the expansion, all of that. In, in terms of changing the game, certainly, I mean, baseball is so stuck to tradition. I mean, and I, I didn't like yeah. it at first, but, uh, ha, you know, divisions were what? What? what we're, we're, we're doing what? You know, I mean, what would we, where would we be without it now? And certainly having uh, expansion was helpful. And, um, I, you know, I just think all of that, that year was significant in the development of baseball. Yeah, I interesting. I have 1968. I don't have 69 in division play. I have 1968 with the last pure World Series, um, and that's actually my number 17, which, which you know plays into same, yours. Kind yeah. of the same thing. Yeah, uh, I don't have the Mets winning at all. I mean, that was going to happen eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, number 15. My 15 was the uh, strike of 94. Yeah, my 15 was the 98 Sosa McGuire home run. Uh, race. Uh, baseball recovers from the strike in full um, because, under honorable mention, I did have 95 Cal Ripken breaking, you know, Lou Gehrig's streak. Um, but really, this is the thing that did it. I mean, with, with Sosa McGuire in 98, you had the casual fans returning to baseball. It was must see TV again in, in, in sports bars. And I remember an assistant director I used to work with said that he was, uh, he was shooting out in LA, you know, and, uh, on a television show and they were, they would all, the whole production would stop whenever Sosa or McGuire came to bat, you know, that, that, uh, they were cutting into regular television shows to show that. Stuff. Exactly. So, and then, you know, the <laughs> lurking in the shadows, the steroid era. <laughs> well, it wasn't lurking in the shadows. It was there. I mean, oh, yeah. uh, the, uh, and I, I have those, I deal with the steroid era here in a little bit uh i and i i really debated the sosa mcguire thing but i i have such a distaste for that now that i just couldn't put it on my list well it wasn't that the whole idea i know i know i know i know i know uh but (laughs) i can't say it didn't shape you know where we're at right now look i i play what if sports and i will not take barry bonds on any team that i have right a simulated Barry Bonds for, you right. know, he could be renamed, you know, Heathcliff. Uh, and, uh, but I still won't do it. Well, to that point, my number 16 uh, is the Mitchell report. <laughs> so, Mine's, that's 17 for me. Oh, okay. Nice. We were on this. Yeah. That, all right. So uh, did you, what was your 15? Uh, the strike. My, okay. Yeah. All right. And then uh, what was your uh, number 16 then? The wild card. Uh, yeah. development of the wild card so your your 15 and 16 are grouped together in a similar fashion right. to mine yeah the mitchell report let's just talk about that because i'm interested in, in in how you view it well let me say my but. 18th selection is verducci's article for sports illustrated uh yes the uh excellent uh, point. steroids in baseball and that's out a lot you know that's out in 2002 uh, the Mitchell Report is 2007, but between 2002 and 2007, we have Juiced, Conseco's book. You have, uh, you know, where 
uh, and then the in the Berducci article, you have Kim Caminiti's admitting that he's doing this. Uh, we have uh, the book uh, Game of Shadows. That's right. That was uh, two thousand five. Right. I remember all, that. all of these things are prior to the Mitchell report. The Mitchell report suddenly puts teeth into it. It helps develop the rules against the use of steroids and yeah. kind of the policing of it uh, begins. Yeah, and really, I mean, as it is Hall of Fame time uh, here in, in January, that that debate is the it's one of the prime bar stool debates for baseball fans now. Right, is the Hall of Fame? You know, who's in, who's out? If you're going to keep uh, the steroid users out, why not take out Ty Cobb because he probably murdered somebody, or <laughs> or Pete Rose, or take out people that we're pretty sure we're doing steroids that are already in. Right. Yeah. It, it's fueled so much in, in the, uh, in the bar stool argument, but you know, the hall of fame, you can almost have that on the top 20, the founding of the, the first hall oh, of fame. I, class. I, I, that was close to being on mine. Yeah. As an honorable mention. Um, all right. My number, uh, 17 was the 68 world series. Talked about that last pure world series. After that, you had divisional play. The Tigers come back over Bob Gibson and the Birdnell juggernaut um, playing a fourth outfielder at shortstop and how it really was symbolic of the the changing of the guard because in addition to Bob Gibson and his one point uh, one two ERA, I want to say it was 1.08, but I know that's always wrong. Um, you had uh, Denny McLean winning 30 games. Uh, you know, the mounds are lowered the, uh, the next season. Um, the... F- Kurt Flood misplaying the ball in center in game seven. Um, and Kurt Flood making a second appearance on my list. Uh, Motor City burning. Uh, this is, I don't know of the general baseball fandom that, that celebrates this as much as I do, but the fact that we're in the heart of the civil rights movement and Detroit is on fire, but they literally, literally on fire, but they put out the flames long enough to let the Tigers play baseball. And, the poetry that comes out of that world series and how it demonstrates that sports is this great unifying factor in times of societal strife. Um, I think it's, I think it's incredibly important. I think anyone who delves just below the surface can appreciate how important 1968 in the world series is, uh, to, uh, to the fabric of baseball. I think, I really think the, of 68 though, I, is the lowering of the mound is a bigger deal. The lowering sure, of yeah. the, uh, the lowering, I mean, and it changed. In a vacuum, yeah. Uh, just like the 1920 uh, Carl Mays incident. Yeah. Uh, we changed the game. And uh, the uh, mound being lowered is one of the reasons that baseball, we have uh, you know, 10 relief pitchers on every team throwing 90 miles an hour. Uh, today, I mean, it is. <laughs> yeah, it changed things tremendously. We went from uh, hour and twelve minute games to four hour and twelve minute games. Well, yeah. which is coming up in my number eighteen, but I want to make sure your number seventeen was uh, my my seventeen uh, was the Mitchell report. My eighteen was the Sports Illustrated article. Okay, so my eighteen um, is the O four Red Sox. Um, couple of things here. The 03 comeback in the ALCS, uh, which hadn't happened until that point. Um, 
the fact that the league championship series was uh, greater than the World Series, it's you know that that year is going to stick that out significant to baseball. Now I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> the history, the aura, the cinema following 2003, and it stands out. I mean, we're we're now into the what what is defined like the last 20 years, even um, and the new the new wave of fans. And 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 now to your point. It really ruined baseball on television because everyone was so enthralled by these four-hour games going into the next morning, you know, with the Red Sox, Yankees, extra innings, and Ortiz walk-off, Johnny Damon coming in to score on the double, Mariano blowing two saves in two nights. And after that, suddenly baseball games are cemented at four hours in length. And I think that that, you know, it was because of the ratings from 04. Now, on top of that, here's your, you know, reversing the curse. So there was on the cover of Time magazine. <laughs> the Red Sox winning in 04 was on the cover of Time. Has there been a year that there has not been a baseball player on Time magazine, on the cover of Time magazine? I don't know the answer to this. I don't believe there has. Uh, that the Reds, and I think just about every World Series has a picture of a one of the participants on the uh, on Time magazine's cover. It's out weekly, uh, the um, or it was uh, for quite some time. But I'm gonna look be, that up. Beside, I'm gonna look that up. Besides that, uh, the whether they are or not, uh, I don't, I don't see that as changing baseball. I don't see how that is uh, the uh, that World Series. Did anything right. except lift a arbitrary <laughs> curse uh, in the a minds of some fan people. base? Right. In, yeah. Uh, now, uh, the games had already started getting longer. The games have been have been getting longer and longer. I mean, and if you look at World Series games, what Dick Williams did with the A's um, prior to Larusa taking over, where he went out and talked about to the pitcher about every batter trying to uh, how they were going to pitch him, and sometimes uh, twice into in, because they didn't have the rule back then where you couldn't visit the mound that much, um, and that was one of the things that changed the game by uh 19 by 2004 you have Tory take his average game is taking uh through you know the whole thing about process seeing as many pitches as you can stepping out every batter stepping out uh all the time uh all this this is this is Tory's doing it's already there now it becomes uh now the whole world sees it in the world series and sees what's happening there uh you know, so maybe this explo- and Fox Fox sold a lot more advertising time. Just sure, saying, sure, uh, and that's part of it. Uh, but I don't think that series changed anything. Well, I'm 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 saying the '04 Red Sox. Okay, well, you know, and then like it was a free agent juggernaut as well. You know, getting Kurt Schill. I mean, everything about that ALCS had had a cinematic element to it. The fact that. It was redemption from the previous year's, you know, Aaron Boone walk off in 03. Um, so, and, and in the modern era of baseball, I mean, you can even go back 30 years. I mean, that one sticks out, the the 04 Red Sox. Um, the, uh, the height of the Cold War between the Red Sox and the Yankees, you know, I mean, the Cardinals didn't show uh, in trying to, you know, prevent the Cubs from, from, from reversing their own curse uh, a year ago. Um, Anything else I had about that to counter your argument? My mm. argument is that World Series are not significant to the 
I don't have one World Series. I don't have 91. I don't have 69. I don't have oh, no, uh, I know. 57. I don't have any of these things on my list. I don't think uh, that they have the game is the way it is today because of a particular World Series. I don't. Do I think Joe Carter hitting a home run uh, doing a Bill Mazeroski thing has changed right. the it's, game? No, it's just a great moment. This is what I was – honorable mention to Moneyball. You could you could do something there about about Oakland in in two thousand two, or no, maybe maybe Bill James even. So uh, oh I, yeah, I think both of them. Uh, Bill James kind of evolves, so doesn't he? I mean, uh, you know, the sabermetrics. He's he writes his first book uh, prior to it really being accepted. For right, quite some time. But. All right, number nineteen. Uh, Tommy John gets Tommy John surgery. <laughs> That's really, uh, yeah. That's I, I overlooked that. I, I completely overlooked that. Yeah, I. I mean, if we don't have pitchers uh, learning to pitch, it's changed the whole game. We have uh, pitchers throwing max effort all the time now, and almost waiting to get their Tommy John surgery. You know, let's right? Get, it's a know. rite of passage. Right. It's uh, like just write it as hard as you can until that thing blows, and we'll replace it for you. Right. Uh, it changed the game. Yeah, and and negatively, uh, it, that is a great double-edged sword moment. Well, there's so, so many. There's so many great pitchers. There've been so many Dean chances. You know, uh, who was. He was the equal to Koufax, you know, in 63 and 60 or 62 and 63 or something. And he blows out his arm. You know, he, he's the Cy Young winner for awful teams for the Angels and the Twins. Blows out his arm and never hear from him again. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tommy John changed all that. Yeah. With Tommy John, we got to enjoy John Smoltz for a lot longer. Sure. Steven Strasburg now. I mean, yeah, you're right. In this, in 2018, it's a rite of passage. Um, my number 19 I think you're going to like this one. And I'm surprised it's actually not on your list. Um, A-Rod's 10-year, $250 million contract in 2000. No, I I, I couldn't have it. I mean, I I, I see that as part of Marvin Miller signing in 66. That's a subset, you know, all all the salary increases and free agency and all of that. Uh, Now, the idea that (laughs) a player's signing this kind of contract, a percentage of the team's total out, uh, out that has been, you know, Babe Ruth had to... uh, was you know somebody uh, interviewed him once and said he you know made more than the president and he said well I had a better year nah. and uh, <laughs> yeah I mean very famous quote the I uh, I mean I I think who was it uh, Re- uh, Reggie Jackson or no no it was uh, who yeah Reggie Jackson was, is bringing his star with him to no New no, York, no no but. who was the uh, um, it was Nolan Ryan was the first person to make a million dollars a year I think or. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was Nolan Ryan. And now you know, they're 13, his, you know, I mean, it's that's almost his league the, minimum or right, a, a right. average player average. Right. Uh, and the idea. You know. But A Rod, this, this particular contract invents the concept of the albatross. I mean, or at least, you know, is the gold standard by which all albatross contracts are measured, even though he uh, juiced, uh, lived up to it. Um, this is a whole new era of free agency to me. The fact that one player signed on the dotted line for the gross domestic product of a lot of small countries and that his salary alone was uh, higher than, I think, the Marlins and the Rays for several years. Um, I just and, and until really 2012, 2013, no one made that. No one even got close to that. Derek Jeter didn't get a contract like that. Um, so. But one anyway. thing, one thing that salary proved is people can afford it. 
Yeah, that's true. Teams can afford it. I well, mean, and yeah, uh, sure. I've never been an A Rod fan. Do I begrudge him making that kind of money? No. You, you make as much money as they're going to pay you. Well, you're talking about looking to seminal moments that you know fuel arguments for years to come. I mean, people point to this: the ten year, two fifty, right. you know, two hundred fifty million. I mean, so twenty five, making twenty five million a year to to, to play the game, um, it stands out. All right. Last but not least, number twenty, interleague play. Not real exciting, but uh, it yeah, it was. I mean, you know, in in, in terms of, I, I'm not. That's again something I'm. I think it's time for it to go away. But yeah, mine is uh, Dan Johnson forms the American League. It's and I pretty ban, much it's Ban Johnson. Uh, that's what I meant. Ban okay. Johnson forms the American League, and I put that on there because you told me not to. <laughs> so I'm just trying to piss you off. No, well, no, I was just saying. I mean, there are too many things of. You, I mean, my my list still became pretty much of a structural history list. I mean, I, I have no, yeah. uh, you know, there's not um, a lot of sentimentality on your on no, your list. but I do have my my very second thing being apocryphal, uh, you yeah. know, which to me kind of stands for Babe Ruth pointing uh, and calling yeah. his shot and Pee Wee Reese putting his yeah, arm around yeah, Jackie. All, the, all of that kind of stems from this. Yeah, and, even Abner Doubleday, you know, and all of this sort of stuff. Um, Walter Johnson drunk off his ass. Uh, Peter Alexander is Grover Cleveland Alexander. Who oh, was, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Walter that, Johnson was a teetotaler. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Grover Cleveland Alexander drunk off his ass, you yeah. know, or, or well, David you know, Wells throwing a perfect game drunk off his ass as well. Well, n- both of those pale, just <laughs> pale. To Doc Ellis's throwing a perfect game on LSD, or no, throwing a no hitter on LSD. <laughs> right. <laughs> Being yeah. drunk is one thing. Thinking <laughs> that the catcher is at second base is something totally different. Yeah, it it it, it takes the uh, the mantle on that. Um, if I have another uh, honorable mention, yeah, uh, it's the again an apocryphal story when that guy. Uh, invented the hot dog, uh, selling it in, I, I think it was uh, New York at the time, but I'm not certain. I, mean, the, I know it's apocryphal because, I mean, uh, frankfurters were sold on buns in, uh, or were served on buns in Germany, you know, a uh, hundred right, years yeah. prior to that, but uh, it's still a part of baseball lore. And the idea of selling hot dogs at a ball game, uh, that's that's seminal. Yeah. Yeah. Peanuts and Cracker Jack, too. Right. I, I think it's interesting that neither of us had Lou Gehrig retiring. It was, you know, uh, I had, you know, it was something I considered. Yeah. Again, uh, just a sentimental moment. Um, I had the 89 series because of the earthquake. But again, that's just a moment. I, I realize it doesn't change anything, structurally speaking. Um, Trump, Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I didn't. It changed a lot of things, structurally speaking. <laughs> yes, it did. And I shouldn't laugh because people did lose their lives. All right, um, but uh, uh, I'm going to hell. Um, Ripken is the new Iron Man. No, yeah, we we talked about that. Um, trying to think if there was anything else uh, that came to just came to mind. Um, yeah. All right. Should we recap? Do we need to? Re- Since we jumped around, do we need to? Do we need to recap it or no? You think we do? Uh, um, Read yours. No more yeah. than five words per entry. All right. I'm going from top to bottom, one through 20. The top MLB moments. 
The top 20 MLB moments, according to me. Uh, number one, the 75 World Series. Number two, the 03 World Series. Number three, the Black Sox scandal of 1919. Number four, Babe Ruth getting sold to the Yankees. Jackie is number five. 94 Strike is number six. Uh, Shot Heard Around the World is number seven. Uh, the 1960 World Series, number eight. Maris Mantle home run race, number nine. Aaron, 715, number 10. Uh, Chapman beamed in the head, dead, uh, number 11. Uh, Kurt Flood versus Bowie Kuhn uh, and the modern free agency, number 12. Uh, World War II, number 13. Uh, 9-11 in the 2001 World Series, number 14. Uh, number 15, the Sosa McGuire home run race and the full throttle steroid era. Uh, number 16, the Mitchell Report. Number 17, the 68 World Series, the last pure World Series. Uh, number 18, the 04 Red Sox, 19 A-Rods, 10-year, $250 million contract. And last but not least, Bam Johnson forms the American League. All right, my 20 most significant events in Major League Baseball. Number one, Jackie Robinson, 1947. Uh, number two, Candy Cummings inventing the curveball. Uh, number three, the 53 move of the Braves to Milwaukee. Um, number four, the establish or the making the reserve clause uh, official. Prior, to, it had existed before that, but uh, that was in 1879. Number five, the first televised game in 1938. Uh, number six, Carl Mays beans Ray Chapman. Uh, number seven, the Black Sox scandal. Number eight, the 1920s sale of Babe Ruth to the Yankees. Uh, number nine. The 1935 first night game where the Reds beat the Phillies 2-1. to one. Uh, <laughs> Good to know. Uh, in that, number 10, uh, Marvin Miller becomes head of the Players Association. Number 11, the Kurt Flood uh, refusal to be traded. Refusal to be traded. Um, that makes they, sense. All right. Uh, number 12, Bowman baseball cards in 1948. Number 13, the first DH. Number 14, uh, the expansion, 1969's change of the game, with expansion and division play and championship series at what all. Uh, number 15, the 1994 strike. Number 16, the wild card or the establishment of the wild card. Number 17, the Mitchell Report. Number 18, uh, Tom Verducci's steroids in baseball article for Sports Illustrated. Number 19, Tommy John gets Tommy John surgery. And number 20, the interleague play. Yeah. Yes. Interesting no one says Sports Illustrated. The first Sports Illustrated. So. Oh, no. Well, Or but, the creation of sports magazines, maybe. But, but I, I, I think the sporting news was a bigger deal for so for so long sure sure um yeah by my account we had roughly like uh 10 or 11 of the same but uh i definitely skewed more towards the seminal moments and you towards the actual things that changed the game structurally and and whatnot so uh another honorable mention for my would be uh either bill clem uh changes to umpiring um taking uh, uh, yeah. uh looking uh, he's the first umpire not to look over the top of the uh the head of the catcher uh but would put right. himself to the side his change in the chest protector and uh this sort of thing now um 
the same thing could be said for Benny Benga's development of shin guards. I'm sure there are a lot of catchers that would put that right, w- yeah. a little bit higher on their list. But. Well, now this is just spiraling out of control because yes. we could go to instant replay <laughs> or the luxury box or something. All right. All right. Well, this is great, man. We'll have to do more of these uh, in the new season of running the bases, these top 20, uh, just any good excuse to, to, to hash out baseball history. Um, it was a lot of fun. So a thank you to everyone listening to the Running the Bases podcast on SoundCloud or on iTunes. You can find all things Running the Bases at our website, runningthebases.com. Uh, follow us on Facebook or like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, looking forward to this season. Uh, you and I are going to go to Cooperstown, uh, and that announcement for the Hall of Fame is coming up in a few weeks. Um, I'm just going to, we'll do our Hall of Fame show uh, in the next week or so. But I'm curious, how certain are you that Chipper's going to get elected? My concern right now is that Andrew may not get the 5%. Mine, uh, I am concerned about that. He is. Uh, I mean, on the uh, my son showed me the other day. The I mean, it was only with like thirty five percent of the votes uh, counted because uh, everybody's revealed now. Uh, Andrew was like five point two or something like this. It was really, really riding the rails. Yeah. Uh, uh, I do like- I feel right now? It looks like we could have a huge class, but it always kind of does yeah. early. Uh, the uh, it. I think right now Chipper's way out there. Uh, who somebody was like at ninety nine percent, or it may have been Chipper. I don't know. But uh, Vladdy's uh, high up there. Tommy's high up there. I'm concerned uh, that of the support swell for Bonds and Clemens. I am too a little bit. I mean, you got to think Joe Morgan helped it a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, yeah, I mean every year when we do our Hall of Fame show, we we talk about how to change the Hall of Fame, and I got some new, some fresh new ideas on that. But at any rate, so for Coach Jordan Bounds, I am Tucker Wells. This is the Running the Bases podcast. We're coming into home and we're safe. Coach, happy new year once more. You have yourself a good night. Happy new year.